This is the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truths simple. Your hosts, Nick Burt and Aaron Apple. Hey, that's right. We are back with another episode of the Two Fish Podcast. I have got to say that I am super excited about this episode. We started this parable last week, and it just was take, there was so much we were breaking down in these verses of the prodigal son or the lost son that Jesus is telling this parable. And we decided in the middle of it, we're like, man, we can make this two episodes because there's so much in it. We didn't, we had no idea how long it was going to take us to get all this great information out. So we broke it into two. We're going to do the second half where we're in the parable. The brother starts talking um, to the father and he's wanting to know what the heck is going on. But before we get to that, thank you everyone to this listening I just looked at some numbers from a couple of weeks ago. I tried to cut myself off from looking at analytics. It kind of drives me nuts. And I said, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> but I just let it go. And you guys are incredible. I don't know if you guys are sharing the podcast, which thank you so much for doing. I don't know if you're leaving five-star reviews. Thank you so much for doing it. But the numbers have boosted, and it's been amazing. And we're super, super humbled and blessed. Yeah, it is. Uh, it has been an amazing week. So I've been watching the numbers and told Nick that, like, you can't look then like you just can't look. Yeah. And I've been dying for him to see the numbers yeah. and by no means are, are we viral or anything like oh, that? No, but no, no. Our, our numbers shot up and that, yeah. and that is a huge blessing to us. And that is all due to you guys, the listeners Absolutely. for clicking on it, for sharing, uh, for leaving us a review. Yeah. Um, so we greatly appreciate that. And we ask that you just continue to do that and uh, continue to share the good news to uh, your fellow friends and yep. listeners and yeah hey we're we're a christian bible study made simple kept simple yeah. made easy i mean that's what we're trying to do it's what we've always wanted to do we're simple guys that's what we want to do so if you have someone that man they struggle reading the bible i sometimes struggle reading the bible i really do some of it's confusing some of it's hard but when you sit down and you break it down verse by verse and talk it out with someone it's easier to understand and you see it from a different perspective so if you know someone that could use this um by all means please share it. One other quick thing of business before we get going, um, we have these little stickers. They're about three inches big. It's just a round uh, thing with our logo, the Two Fish Podcast. If you would like one, uh, message us on Facebook. Um, you can find us there. If you're not, haven't followed us on Facebook, go do that right now. But message us and we will try our best to get you one of these, even if you're one of our listeners in Germany or France. Yes. It'll probably cost us more to ship it to you than it did to make it, but we are more than happy to send you a couple. Yes. We will definitely send you one, and uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's where get... are we at, man? We're in the parable of the lost son or the prodigal son. Uh, so last week, we covered verse 11 through 24. This week will be 25 through 31. So Luke 15, verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called on the servants and asked him, what is going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him? My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Boom. Red letter words of Jesus. There we go. Once again, I'm just going to real quick give some backstory. Jesus is sitting with sinners and tax collectors, the low of lows in the, in the community. The Pharisees and Sadducees are saying, what are you doing? And Jesus is laying out these parables trying to say, I didn't come for you that are righteous. I didn't come for you that have it all together. I came for the lost. I came for the lost sheep like the shepherd does. I came for the lost coin like this lady does. And here in this example of the parable of the prodigal son, he's saying, I came for that lost son. And here in the second half that we talked about, he's saying to the older son, I, I didn't, you already have me. You have everything that I own. We talked last week, the father had to split his assets between the brothers. The older son got two thirds by law. So he only lost, I shouldn't say he only lost, a third of your income or assets net worth is a lot of money. Right. And this family would have probably been a pretty wealthy family. He's saying, everything I have is yours. So I didn't, I'm not here for you in this moment. I'm here for your brother because he was lost and now he's come. So that's kind of the backstory of where we've been. If you haven't listened to the first half of this, go back one episode in the in the episode list, and you'll find where we talk about the first part of the parable of the prodigal son. So uh, tonight, where are we at? Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. So he, he would be confused. Why, why would you be confused? Because you would think if there's a party at your father's house, you would be invited. <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That yeah, what the heck's going on here? We pull out Google Calendar. Yeah. Like I don't have a party in my calendar. Did I forget well, something? That's would been my thing. Is I would yeah. walk up and like, oh crap, did I forget my mom's birthday or something? You know what I mean? Like yeah, oh what? crap. Who's anniversary? Is it their? No, it's not their anniversary. Yeah, no, it's not dad's birthday. No, it's not mom's birthday. What in the world is going on? It says he came from the, he was in the fields working. So I know me, when I come home after work, there are those days where I am dog tired and I just want to sit down. And I know me also, once I sit down, I'm done. So very well, this older brother could have been, man, I am tired and I just want to sit down. And here's the circumstance I'm walking into where there is a party. Now, if there's a party, I feel like I need to participate. I'll probably be annoyed for a while, but I want to participate. Yeah, I, I would be really annoyed. Why was I not invited? I'm out here slaving away, and there's a party going on? So verse 26, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Pretty self-explanatory verse right there. He's rolling up to the party, and he's saying uh, he wants to know. He's inquiring as to what this party is going on. Do I need to dress up? Is this a special occasion? What am I missing? Like, what's going on here? All right, what did I forget? Verse 27. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fatted calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. And I think this is probably where the son, the son's attitude starts to change. And actually, I know it changes. We, we'll read about it here in a second. After a long day in the fields, after I think about maybe who knows how long the other son was gone, 
for a period of time, the son has had to do extra work to keep the family business going because his brother, his his partner in, in his family, who's supposed to be helping him do all this stuff, walked out and took a bunch of the assets with him, and he's stuck having to do this by himself. So I imagine anytime the other brothers talked about it, there's a little bit of a soreness there. Once again, this is the third parable, something being lost and found again. But in this situation, you know, the second half, we're kind of focused on the brother and the brother's attitude, right? There's got to be some kind of disconnect between the older brother and the father in this situation as well. Like maybe they're not getting along since this whole thing went down because you can clearly see the father did not send for the older brother to come join the party. Like party's already started. Brother's still out in the field working. Nobody went and got him. The father didn't send the servant to get him, which yep. is which is kind of confusing to me. Definitely some family drama seemed to, to be going on there. Why wasn't the son other son sent for? Why did the father? Maybe the father just wasn't thinking. He was so excited that this son that he has that was lost, he wasn't concerned about the son he knew he had, the son that was there, the son that has always stood beside him. He's worried about the one that had died, so to say. He's dead, and now he's alive. Like he might not even been thinking about the other son. Like it might have been one of those things where he thought he took for granted the other son. The other son's always been there, and here's this one gone. I don't know. Just maybe a different way to think about it. He he wasn't even thinking about the other son. Like he was so excited on this one. But then, like you're saying, maybe there was some tension from a year or so of time where this other brother thought, "How unfair that you've liquidated some of the things we need. You got rid of the nice tractor." And now it makes my work harder in the field because you got rid of the nice tractor. So our so my brother could go squander it in yeah. a distant land. And like, he yeah, and he knew. He knew. I'm sure word got out. We talked about last week. These communities know what's going on. The other thing we talked about this last week, like this is kind of an extreme, right? This is another yeah. one of those extreme moments where the father didn't even bother to go tell the brother we're having a party because yeah. your younger brother who is dead is now alive and he's back in my house and I'm going to honor that. Yeah. This, this whole parable has been just an extreme example that Jesus is trying to make to these Pharisees and Sadducees. Verse 28, the older brother was angry. It wouldn't go in. So his father came out and begged him. That's another extreme like that. That wouldn't have happened in this, this day and age. I don't feel like that happened now. Like if, if I'm, having an event and I have people over and I'm celebrating something and one of my family members say one of my sons, my seven year old son is throwing a tantrum outside the door and is making a scene. Cause I'm sure this other older brother was making a scene. He's, he's angry. He's upset. Yeah. And I went outside to my younger son. I wouldn't be begging my younger son to fix his attitude and come back in or to join us. I'd have been like, put my foot down be like, boy, better fix your attitude. It, it was disrespectful. I'm sure he was causing a scene in front of everyone and everyone knew the situation and everyone but the son apparently knows that the younger son has come home and right. they're celebrating this. So it feels like the older son has been left out here and he's upset and probably making a scene. And here the dad comes another extreme example that Jesus is giving. He comes in and he begs the son to join them. You know, and I just, I just thought of this, like what a great example of this father's love. He is, openly accepting the son that in Jewish eyes completely sinned and and did 
everything out of the ordinary and caused this family drama. And he came back and he, he ran to him, embraced him and kissed him and brought him back to the house and had a party. And the older son shows up and is just ticked and not going to come in. And he goes out and he's like, I love you too. I want you to be a part of the celebration of your younger brother. You need to come in. My love for you both is the same. I want you in this party. You need to be a part of this. You should be excited that your fellow brother was dead and came back to life. Yeah. I think in a normal circumstance, if I am looking on this situation from the outside, I'm saying, yeah, why isn't this other brother excited? Okay. So that's for me. But this is personal to him. This is personal to the son. He's got personal investment. He's got personal hurt. How many times in our own lives, let's apply this to our own lives here. How many times do we see someone get something that they maybe don't deserve a raise, a new car, a new, who knows what family inheritance. Yeah. That they really don't deserve. And rather than be happy for them, like, Oh man, I'm glad you got that promotion at work. Rather than be happy for them, you say inside, I know how lazy you are. You shouldn't have got that. Or maybe I should have gotten that instead. Maybe it's somewhere you're working together. I should have gotten that. So how many times in our own lives are we this older brother and rather than be happy and joyous and celebrate for this other situation, for someone else's situation, good, bad, ugly, do we, do we go to the ugly? Do we go to the bad and say, man, they don't deserve it? The thought of family members passing away came in. So many families end up in a, in a fight and in turmoil over a family estate when that's not what the father wanted. Yeah. That's not what the, the deceased person wanted. When they passed away, they didn't want you to fight. And, that, and that's kind of what this father is doing. Even though the father is not dead in this moment, he's saying, I want our family together in this moment. And I know there was turmoil. The things that happened shouldn't have happened, but they had to happen. But in this moment, we need to come together and be be a family and celebrate. Verse 29, but he replied, this is the son, all these years I've slayed for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even a young goat for a feast with my friends. Jealousy. <laughs> Bitterness. <laughs> so works, works-based works yeah, versus faith-based. I think, you know, maybe this isn't salvation issue, but when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, it kind of is a salvation issue. He's saying, I didn't come to save those that don't need saving. Yeah. I came to come and save those who need saving. So, yeah, I think this son is stuck on the, look what I've done for you. And everything he's saying right here is true. I've done everything you've asked. I've never refused to do anything. I've always been with you for all these years, which tells me that the son has probably been gone for a long time. I've never done anything to disrespect. Remember how the younger brother disrespected you? Do you yeah. remember that? He's probably saying, "Yeah." Like, do you not? And I've never done anything, and you've never even given me a young goat, which doesn't sound like a good meal compared to the fatted calf that they're enjoying inside that party right now for the younger right. brother. Right. Let's go back to the Pharisees and Sadducees. They're sitting there like, "Look what all we've done." When the Messiah finally comes, he's going to see everything we've done. He's going to see how nice we dress. 
we never pull up our skirts and run. Like we talked about last week with this father running through town, showing his legs, which was a no-no. Look at all the things we've done. And here the son is upset because he's never gotten a chance to have his own party. Right. Jealous. (laughs) That's all I I gotta say. So verse uh, 30. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. So once again, he is just ticked. He's mad that this son is even on the property. Like, he shouldn't be here. We disowned him when he did this. He should be out of our lives. He shouldn't be getting a fattened calf. He shouldn't have got the nicest robe, the ring, and the sandals. And there definitely should not be a party on this property. Yeah. And a couple things that stick out to me when I read this. Yet when this son of yours comes back squandering your money. So the father split it up between them. This is yours. This is yours. It was no longer the father's. But the son is saying that was your money that he squandered. And then the other thing is on prostitutes. We talked about last week. The town knew what was going on. Yeah. The town would have known that this what how disrespectful this younger son was left to a foreign country. It didn't say earlier. It just said wild living. But here, the son, the older son, even knows he's been on prostitutes. Like he probably boozed it up, drugs it up, sexed it up with prostitutes. This wild living. Those things point out to me specifics. Your money, Dad. It wasn't the son's money, even though the father gave it to him. And how he spent his money proving that it was wild lifestyle. Jesus is just throwing so many extreme examples in the story yep. to show to these Pharisees and Sadducees, you want me to come for you, but I came for the low. I came for that one who's been with the prostitute and been in the drugs and been in the gutter feeding pigs, which you're not even supposed to be eating or being around. I came to save those sinners and tax collectors. I'm not worried about you guys. Right. Now, I think he was worried about them for whole other reasons. Yeah, because they they weren't recognizing him for who he was. Yeah, and that that's who this older son is in this in this story. He's basically the Pharisees that's saying, yeah. "No, I'm not. I'm not biting into what you got going on here. I'm not going to take a piece of that pie. You already gave my piece of pie away." So, verse thirty-one. This is where the story gets good to me. I think. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. So once again, the older son is just, he's totally ticked. But the father is saying, you, you have everything. Everything I have left is yours. Your brother has nothing. What I have is yours and it always will be. I've loved you and I'm giving you everything I got. I don't know what more you want want yeah. from me. Yeah. I mean, the brother already knows that everything left is his. And so this verse to me, I didn't think about this earlier, but as you're reading this, I thought about it. Everything I have is yours. The son is ungrateful. The son has lost gratitude for the things that he does have. Like maybe it's not a fatted calf party, but he has everything else. He's Got looking me. at that one little scene and saying, oh, I didn't get that. I didn't get even a young goat. You know what I mean? Like he's throwing a tantrum, making a scene, but he's forgetting to look around at all the things he is blessed with, all the things that everything else is his. Yeah. He already has it. And he's forgetting to be grateful for what he does have. And when we're, when I mean, I, I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I'm not good at this, 
at remembering all the little things that were great that I should be grateful for that I'm been blessed with that I forget to be. And then those other, then, then the little things get on me like, well, that stinks that yeah. I don't have that. I always try in my own life to, I try in emphasis to when something like this happens, I always try to, the first thing comes on my mind. I try good for that person. They're going on a vacation. Well, good for them. Like I want to be grateful for them. I may not like it. I may not. I wish it was me doing this or that or whatever it is. But man, good for them. Living up to the Joneses type scenario. Yeah. Here. Why didn't you throw me a party? Yeah. I mean, there's jealousy wrote all over that. Like why didn't the bro why didn't the brother do that? Like the brother could have done himself. That's where my mind wanders is why did the brother need the father to do that? Like why couldn't he it's have the, it's the respect of the the times. This older brother, even though the estate has been divided, yeah. is is still showing some respect to the father That's here. That's true. Yep. And the fact that you're not dead because this this division should not have occurred Never until had. the father died. It shouldn't have happened. Yeah. So this older brother still honoring that is what I'm reading in yep. that. That's like true. he's still this is still your land. It's still your money. My brother ran off with your money and squandered it on prostitutes. He doesn't even think that the money was the younger brothers to, yeah, to have at at that yeah. time because this this division of the state was it was not justifiable. It was not it wasn't honorable at that time when it happened. So also in this first thirty one, I think when the father's telling the son this, like you can picture the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders of the time, this is kind of a slap in their face because they, they have or had the entire kingdom to inherit, but yeah. they refused to recognize Jesus for who he was. And they were constantly fighting him and coming against him. And and that is what the older brother is doing. And the, and the father is God is, is coming to the Jewish leaders first and telling them these things. And then he's going to the sinners and welcoming them and yeah. just groves of people. Like, yeah. but the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders are, are like, no, we can't have that. Yeah. They're, those, they're, those people are unclean. They're unworthy. And, and that is the son that, that walked away and became a sinner. He was no longer clean. He was yeah. an unclean individual trying to come, back to that and they're like that wasn't happening you don't get to just walk back into the gates you know the jews didn't want these other people to be a part of it they didn't right. live their life studying and training and living up to the standard that they set which god didn't intend for the standard that they had to be set right but that's what he wanted and that's what they wanted and jesus is saying through this through this extreme parable hey you're missing it yeah. You're missing it. I didn't come for you. Yeah. Will some of you be there with me in paradise? Yeah, probably. Maybe a lot of you. But you guys are missing the point of why I'm here and why what you should be doing while you're here. Yeah. This wasn't a, just a call of this is why I'm here. This, I think, was also a call to them saying this is what you should be doing too. Right. You should be accepting these people with open arms. Right. Yeah. That's what the father did in the story. He ran to the son and accepted him with with open arms, embraced him, kissed him, and wrapped him in new robes and all that. 
Yeah. Like that is what the Jewish leaders should be doing. So, so verse 32, we had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So once again, third parable, right? Yep. We had the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son, and they all boil down to let's party. Let's have a celebration. What was lost is now found. The sheep has been found. The coin has been found. And the son has been found. And even if it doesn't make sense, even if it costs more money than the coin was worth to throw the party because we found the coin, we're going to do it anyway because that's the right thing to do is to celebrate things that are unfound. So in our Christian walk, when we're when someone comes to Christ in the church or even when someone's been struggling and they get through a season of struggle, um, our church does a praise and prayer and praise um, section of the service. And, you know, there's always the prayer requests that we talk about and pray about, but then there's always praise. Um, our pastor just went through cancer surgery. Uh, he had prostate cancer. They just had that. His recovery, it was a little slow at the beginning, but it's, he's doing great now. That's a praise we can praise. We can celebrate the fact that God's done something in his life. It doesn't even have to be the extreme of someone falling away from Christ and coming back or a, a lost sheep or a lost son yeah. dead and now is found. It doesn't have to be that. Every, even the little thing is finding a, a coin. Let's celebrate these moments. And uh, that brings back to my memory during the, the episode of Testimonies of God. I believe it was Evan that shared about his father getting his hearing back. Yeah. And like how excited the family was for that. And then the father went on into, and he gave up everything and went on into ministry for a couple of years, right? Yeah. That, that is the type of celebration we should be having. There should be excitement in this. There should be excitement with your pasture coming back and and being healthy and then yeah. continuing prayer for, for that. And Absolutely. At the beginning of the last episode, when we set this parable up, we looked at the the disciples, Peter and Judas, no doubt they would have been here listening to Jesus tell these parables. And we look at the, the choices Peter and Judas both had. They both betrayed Jesus. Judas literally betrayed him, sold his soul, yeah. and had Jesus hung on a cross. And Peter denied and betrayed Jesus by denying him three times there that night that he was arrested. And now one was obviously a little bit more extreme than the other, but they were both betrayals. So Peter and Judas have a decision. They both realize their their sin. Judas realized what he'd done, goes back in the temple, throws the money down, which they ended up using. God uses everything for the good. He uses that 30 pieces of silver to buy the burial plot to be buried in. But what Judas does is think there's, in his mind, he thinks there's no way I can be saved after this and goes and hangs himself. Well, if he would have remembered, maybe he wasn't paying attention this day, but he remembered these parables. Jesus says, there's going to be things that are lost. There's going to be people that are lost, but when they come back, we're going to celebrate. Judas could have made the decision that Peter did when Peter betrayed Jesus and denied him three times publicly in front of Jesus. He could have said, man, I can never be forgiven for that. My king, my father, my savior, I betrayed him and gone and hung himself, but he didn't. He probably remembered these stories for the past three and a half years. They've been traveling together and he's been learning from Jesus. He probably went back to this and said, man, I remember that parable. Remember that parable of the son? He went to the lowest of lows, and I feel right now that I'm at the lowest of lows because I just betrayed my Savior, but I remember how it ended. I remember he, I, I can come back to the Father, and there will be celebration. And obviously, that's what happened with Peter. You can go back and listen to one of the, our episode on who is Peter. 
Jesus builds the church on him. And so that's just something to th- think about as we're reading these parables. Um, these disciples would have been there. Where are you now? You can make the decision right now to understand. I can accept God's grace and forgiveness, and I can go back, and I can be, and it can, we can celebrate. And then the, the parable of the lost son here, the one thing that really stands out to me is the father embraced him with open arms and a kiss, and he came back filthy. Like he was, he was completely unclean. He was working with pigs, thinking about eating pig food. Yeah. Like this guy was unclean. He was with prostitutes. He was with everybody, but the father accepted him with open arms and a kiss. And no matter where you're at in life, God is willing to accept you and invite you into his kingdom if you're willing to accept his son in your heart. So in a couple of weeks, we're going to have another, we have a planned episode next week, but we're going to have an episode where we celebrate with you guys, you, the listeners of the Two Fish Podcast, the community of the Two Fish Podcast. If you have a story that you'd like us to celebrate with you, um, reach out to us on social media. Facebook is a good place to reach us. Um, Instagram is a good place to reach us. Or you can email us at twofishpodcast at gmail.com. Tell us your story and we'll get connected with you. And maybe we'll, we'll give you a call when we do the episode. We'll set it up so that you're available. But we, we want to celebrate. We want to call you, have you tell us your story and celebrate with you these God moments, um, these moments where maybe you walked out and you came back. Or maybe it's just moments in your life that you, we can give praise for what God's done in your life. So we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. Um, so as you're listening to this right now, go ahead and reach out to us if you've got a story that you'd like to talk about. And we'd love to celebrate with you. That's what we want to do as a community. Every week we want to celebrate. But we're going to have a specific episode, kind of like we did the Testimonies episode a couple of weeks back. If you haven't watched that, that was a super exciting episode. Go and, go and listen to that. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope to see you back here next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Two Fish Podcast, where we try to keep biblical truth simple. Make sure you go check out our Facebook page and our Instagram page. Hit those like, subscribe, and share buttons, and make sure you keep coming back.